Hello and welcome to the Pixel Swim Podcast, episode 66. I am Steve Heinrich, your host, and this is the podcast where I take a dive into my personal journey through design and technology and where they meet, plus other tidbits I find interesting. This episode is being recorded on Thursday, April 25th and being released on Thursday, April 25th, 2019. Visit pixelswim.com for all of the show notes and social links if you want to follow along or leave any feedback. You can do that through pixelswim.com. Uh, there's a comment section, social links, uh, email address, uh, steve at pixelswim.com if you want to reach out that way too. Any feedback is always appreciated. So yeah, I'm not sure how long again this episode would be. Last week's was, a, I think, about a half an hour or so. Uh, that's, I always say it, you know, just in case, I don't know, I don't know how long this episode's going to be, but either way, let's dive into our weekly feedback notes and links. So I just want to first say thank you for your feedback. Uh, thank you, Kyle Helms for reaching out uh, via email. Uh, he, he mentioned, uh, uh, then this week's, uh, whatever works podcast, David, Dave Rich actually got a laptop stand uh, and I hit the, he actually, uh, Kyle mentioned that he, if Dave Rich is actually a listener of my podcast, cause I literally just got one, I think the week before. So kind of funny, uh, Dave actually, I think has a MacBook, so he was able to get a really cool wooden looking one. And that's again, that's on the whatever works podcast. And yeah, just kind of a coincidence, I think, that we both got a laptop stand right around the same time. So a vertical laptop stand. So and then Kyle also was asking about the Marshall headphones that I have, the Marshall Major 2s that I have. He says he's reserved about getting them as well uh, because he's down in the south here in the U.S. and gets pretty hot for most of the year. And so uh, he's worried about the sweat factor, too. Yeah. Those, that's my one concern about those headphones is the fact that they're a little bit warm to wear. So, but they are the battery life alone on them is probably the best uh, feature of them. And that's the one major selling point on those things because I, I can attest that they do last for 30 hours, <laughs> which will uh, get Kyle through his workday because he was mentioning trying to get through his workday. So, and he also mentioned uh, that Ted Salmon has the, the, previous generation of those Marshall headphones and he has mentioned the sound being good yeah that's uh something that I've seen in the past uh, Ted talking about Marshall products in general I think he has a Bluetooth speaker as well so yeah I definitely can still recommend those Marshall major two headphones the Bluetooth headphones uh they are yeah I mean I haven't tried out a ton of them but I have seen no reason to try out any other ones because they are very good uh, again just with that uh the sweat factor i guess would be the only thing to worry about there but yeah thanks kyle for reaching out and so also thank you to mike latori who reached out via email uh, he reached out about the issue that i was having with the four by screen four by three widescreen dvds uh basically where the DVD advertised was advertised as widescreen, but was still in a four by three format with black bars on the top and the bottom. Uh, he Mike was he reached out because there is a certain type of DVD where you, it has the widescreen version on the flip side of the DVD and then the full screen version on the other side. And he said, you know, in a long shot that that might be the issue. Um, maybe that was what what the problem that I was having. And yeah, I responded to Mike and basically. That's sadly not the issue. Uh, I do. We actually have quite a few DVDs in our collection 
that are the that have the widescreen version on the flip side or that has a double sided, you know, the double sided DVDs with each version on each side. And yeah, unfortunately, some of those widescreen four by three ones with the that have the issue that I've been having, they are not, unfortunately not the not the double sided discs. <laughs> yeah, most of them have the the, you know, the printed stuff on the the one side. But yeah, we have a few of those in our collection. And yeah, I'm just going to keep keep trying to figure out a solution for that. I think I'll just be cropping those down and handbrake potentially. And the thing about those those DVDs, the four by three widescreen ones, is that if you play them in a DVD player, usually you're fine because you can basically the DVD player will zoom out, obviously, and make the the video into a 16.9 widescreen format on your TV. And that's, you know, most standard DVD players will do that. Um, But there is no way to zoom those MP4 files on the Plex server while watching on the Roku, the Plex Roku app. So the the TV itself, I also can't adjust the the output of that HDMI port video stream. I can't adjust the format of it there. There is a format button on my TV's remote, and I can use that to make to make things. uh, It doesn't adjust. It doesn't adjust it because it's basically reading a 16.9 output but the file is four by three so there's no zooming or anything that happens when i hit that format button it basically uh, does not work i can put it in put the tv into full screen mode but then that just squishes my my image down even further but yeah thanks to mike for reaching out i really appreciate him trying you know it's just one of those things where it's maybe i had overlooked it but unfortunately that wasn't the the problem but thanks anyway mike and then thank you to Guillermo Ortiz, who reached out on the discuss comment section on the show notes page, which you can do that as well. I think Mike said he was having trouble with that, but it looks like it's working now. And so uh, Guillermo says, I use a similar app to New Pipe, which is the YouTube app that I talked about last time that you get through the F-Droid store. That's kind of disconnected from Google. He says he uses an app called YouTube Vanced. And it's he says similarly similarly to New Pipe, it gives you premium YouTube features, uh, background playback, playback, offline download for free. You need to download it off their website, and also need to download a plugin called MicroG in order to sign into Google, so it's uh, not tied down. But it has a true dark mode, perfect for his S10, and it does not cost a penny. And then he put a link to that. Uh, that app, this YouTube Vanced app. And yeah, it looks pretty good. I haven't tried it out yet, but uh, it's definitely something I'm going to look at doing. And then he also asked if I use a phone stand and if so, which one? Uh, So yeah, thanks Guillermo for reaching out. But yeah, like I said, I'm going to check out that YouTube Vanced app. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, You can take a look and see what that's all about. And then because he mentioned Micro G, uh, which is, I believe it's a little package that you can install on your on your Android device that will let you use your Google accounts without needing it baked into the Android OS. And the reason I think I've come across this in the past is because that eFoundation, actually you can install that on that as well, that, that custom ROM. And you, that way you can use your, your, at least get your Google account as far as email and contacts and calendar and stuff like that. But yeah, 
And then as far as my phone stand, I think I've talked about this in the past. I have a bamboo phone stand that holds multiple devices that I keep all of my smartphones on and that I got off of a site called wish.com. And that's a site that actually delivers and ships items from China to the USA. And I think I paid about $12 for it. I posted about it in the past, but I'll put another link in the show notes so you can see that on actually a link to the product page as well. Uh, and then I wasn't sure, 100% sure which exactly, what, what kind of mount or stand he was talking about. So I also mentioned that I have the an Archon vent mount in my car uh, that I got off of Amazon years and years ago. I think I've talked about this in the past too in my when I've talked about my car setup. Uh, and I've used that mount now for a long time. And it's definitely lasted and I don't, you know, it's uh, still good to go. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, other than that, though, I don't really use another stand. Like on my desk, I don't use a phone stand. I just lay the phone flat on the desk or on the Qi charger during the day, just a flat that uh, anchor Qi charger. So, yeah, that's kind of my setup as far as phone stands go. I don't really do a whole lot in the way. But like I said, that bamboo one that I have is actually just kind of holding my archive of devices so I can pick them up and drop them down uh, quickly, you know, put them up, put them away, that kind of thing. So, but yeah, thanks to everybody. Thanks, Guillermo, for feeding back. Thanks to everybody for your feedback this week. Appreciate it. As always, again, go to pixelswim.com if you want to leave feedback on anything, not just this episode, but any episode. So always appreciate it. And with that said, let's go into this week's LG G6 Weekly Report. And so, yeah, that's again, this is the report I do. So because I'm trying to use my LG G6 through 2019. And obviously, I decided to do a little segment here to keep me accountable (laughs) so I don't sell it off or buy another device. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. (laughs) But either way, then this week's LG G6 weekly report, um, I've just been noticing that the G6 has been running a little bit slow lately, uh, even after a reboot. Uh, so I, you know, did some investigation. Um, I, and when I say slow, I mean with app launching, it's apps have launched noticeably a little bit slower. Well, maybe in some cases, a lot of it slower, but uh, just doing some investigation on the device, uh, I noticed that the SD card storage was almost full. <laughs> uh, and a big part of that, too, is that I've been using it for work quite a bit. So I did go through and clean that up a lot. And then, but the internal storage on the phone, it really isn't too bad. I think there's a good 10 gigabyte buffer left on that 32 gigabytes. So I think really the biggest culprit on that SD card and why it was so full up and maybe why things are running a little bit slow is because I have the Android data folder on there, uh, basically, and it's basically kept all of the Android app data from multiple devices now since I've been using that 64 gigabyte SD card in my in my LG G6. So that got that's uh, got a bunch of extra about 30 gigabytes of that is just Android data on there. I did some investigating on my on my PC, hooked the phone up to the PC and just, you know, went through the file browser and checked out what was taking up so much room because I couldn't find the biggest culprit. But that was the biggest one there. So there are app there's app data in that folder that it actually probably is kind of irrelevant now because there's data in there for apps that i don't have installed on the phone currently 
and because it's been running a little bit slower and it's been a long time since I, you know, I've been kind of charging through installing apps, uninstalling apps, trying things out, putting things on there and taking things off, taking a lot of photos, doing a lot of, you know, using the device over the past months. I, it may, you know, I always contemplate doing a, just a good old factory reset, uh, factory data reset, and then a nice format to the SD card. And, you know, all the photos are backed up. So just start fresh and, and just go from there. So uh, it's always a tempting thing to do because everything tends to to run a lot smoother after doing that and, you know, just get a little bit more life out of the device. So uh, it's in the back of my head. We'll see. You know, that's not a short process. So I kind of need my phone to be up and running the way that it is, you know, for for work and for, you know, just for using it and life in general. So it's not a not a decision I'm going to take lightly. It's not something I'll do on a whim. But uh, yeah, it could come to that at some point if it doesn't start speeding up after I clean it up quite a bit. And I did go through LG's smart cleaning app and did that as well. It seemed to help a little bit, but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what uh, what comes of that. But also this week on my LG G6, I've been trying out the Canon Camera Connect app. Uh, and I, the reason I'm doing that is because there I'm shooting tons and tons of video and photos for work lately on that Canon camera. Uh, that's the Canon EOS 750D or the, the Rebel T6i camera. I think I've talked about in the past that we uh, bought that camera for work and I've been, you know, kind of learning how to use it, but we've been using it quite a bit lately. So I'm trying to see if that app, that Canon app will kind of help out the, the workflow or the process a little bit more it does offer remote shooting and you know live view because uh, the camera actually has a Wi-Fi connecti- connectivity so you can connect directly to the camera the camera kind of outputs its own Wi-Fi signal and then you can connect your smartphone uh, to the the camera uh, Wi-Fi network quote unquote so we'll see how that goes and that'll actually lead me into kind of my main part of the show later where I'm going to go over kind of my my history of uh, cameras and stuff like that, but with cameras, but either way, that's pretty much it for the LG G6 this week. Let's see. Hopefully next week I'm not reporting back that I've had to factory or I've decided to factory data or factory reset it, but you never know. I might have some time to, to do that, to do that at some point. So either way, that's been the LG G6 weekly report. All right, so I wanted to jump back to another update on my Marshall headphones. I talked about those a little bit you know, just a minute ago with uh, about Kyle Helms asking about those or talking about those. I uh, Actually, after the last show, it kind of got me thinking about those headphones again. <laughs> and so I actually started using them again. But I the there was a reason I started using them because uh, well, I was starting to think about it. But I actually started using them with the 3.5 millimeter uh, cord that came with them so I can connect it directly to the headphones directly to my LG G6. So what I wanted to do was watch a movie on my on the Plex app on the Roku uh, because I do have a whole bunch of movies already ripped. And so I thought the other night, uh, I think it was last Friday or something, I don't remember, this last weekend at some point, I wanted to watch a movie uh, via the Plex app on the Roku. And so I was going to listen to the audio through the Roku app on my LG G6. So 
it works a lot better if you can connect direct connect to the headphone jack on there then there's absolutely no latency so i decided to do that and uh, because i was you know i talked about having those those cheapo earbuds and i didn't want to use those when i was watching the movie i wanted something a little bit more substantial and those marshall headphones proved to be really really good uh for for that exact uh, case so yeah, so I watched the movie, which uh, was Pan's Labyrinth, <laughs> by the way. Crazy. I forgot how brutal that movie actually is in some parts, but very. I love uh, Guillermo del Toro. So, yeah, definitely uh, suggest that movie. But it was much better to listen on those Marshall headphones. Uh, the sound quality is, you know, really great on them. So it was a very good experience. And then the Plex server worked well as as well. So it was just overall a good experience. So the whole setup seems like it's going to work. And uh, so that's uh, really nice to, to know <laughs> that everything is working the way that I was hoping it would. So with that said, also, I wanted to give throw back a little bit of an update on my Plex server. As of this recording, I have ripped 247 DVDs. <laughs> so it just keeps going up and up and up. So I am pretty much on the last of the movies ish. I think we still have maybe a series. I think we have all of the, the Harry Potter DVDs that we um, by that I still need to rip and, and there may be a few extra ones here or there but for the most part they're pretty much done <laughs> and then then it's on to the tv shows yeah so that's uh kind of where I'm at with that still I, I still haven't tried out that laptop stand I still can't get myself to stop ripping dvds to stop that process for five minutes and try out the laptop stand but you know, here's to hoping that it's gonna work okay either way that's just kind of where I'm at still ripping going to be ripping for a while <laughs> and especially with these uh the tv show tv series uh, so ripping multiple videos per disc but we'll see how that goes and and plex is still doing well on bringing in all the information so i'll go in you know after every once in a while and make sure all of the correct metadata is pulled in for these these films as i'm as i'm bringing them into the plex server so that's yeah, I just wanted to throw back a little bit of an update on that as well. All right. So the last bit of stuff that I want to talk about here and I alluded at it a few minutes ago is I just want to go over the brief history of the dedicated cameras that I've owned. So this is excluding smartphones, uh, basically any sort of standalone camera that we can use that I've had in the past or owned in the past. And it's not extensive history, uh, so don't get too, <laughs> too excited if you're a photographer or camera nerd. So uh, I would say mostly, uh, from what I can remember, because the cameras haven't been a huge part of my past, is that I mostly used uh, those disposable cameras uh, pretty much up until college. <laughs> so yeah, it's the the little paper or the uh, the cardstock covered plastic disposable wind up cameras that's pretty much what i mostly remember using through mo for through a lot of my life up until college and again college for me was from 2002 to 2006 so anything before 2002 yeah it was pretty much just the disposable cameras i, I don't think we ever really had much of anything as far as uh like a solid permanent camera. So that's, yeah, not too exciting of a history there as far as cameras go uh, growing up. Uh, so 
I do kind of briefly remember using a Polaroid camera at a few times in my past, never one that I owned myself. But I always thought those were the the coolest. <laughs> I thought Polaroid cameras were the coolest. The the instantly having your picture. Yeah, it's hard to beat that. But either way, I, I mentioned that I had those cameras up until college. And then in college, because uh, I was doing a lot of sort of design projects and we were most of them I was able to pull images online for. But there were a few there was actually a class, I believe, where we had to stage our own photos. <laughs> and so I made the mistake and yeah, it wasn't I didn't realize it at the time, but I bought a at, at Best Buy. I mean, I don't know what year this was, 2003, 2004, maybe I bought a 2.1 megapixel Sony Cybershot camera. And I don't remember the exact model of it. I don't I don't have it anymore. Uh, it's been a long time since I've had it. So I bought that to to use for that design project and, you know, for life in general. So, yeah, the 2.1 megapixel camera uh, was about, I want to say about around $200 at the time. And it was terrible. <laughs> it was just a very terrible point and shoot uh, digital camera. And again, it's a 2.1 megapixel. I just want to reiterate that. But I hardly used it. I tried to use it for that project that I mentioned. Uh, we were, it's like, you know, staging a product for an app, you know, like a print advertisement kind of thing. And it, it did not do the job at all for that project. I actually ended up using my wife's while we were dating at the time. But she had a Canon film camera. And so I was able to, you know, buy a couple rolls of film and then use that that camera to take the pictures and then develop them. And I believe there was the option at the time to get those in digital format as well. So I didn't have to like develop them and then scan them or anything like that. So I was able to have a direct digital <laughs> uh, digital development or whatever you want to call it, uh, basically where they give you the disc with the actual pictures as well. But yeah, that that Cybershot, Sony Cybershot camera was terrible. Uh, this is obviously the early days of point and shoot digital cameras, and it was a <laughs> massive waste of money. I believe I did try and use it, you know, in, out in everyday life, but it just never, never captured the shot. It was blurry was was kind of the name of the game with that camera. But Either way, out. I remember before my wife and I were married, uh, at one point I helped her, uh, my wife's mom get, uh, c basically for Christmas one year, she wanted to get uh, two of her daughters, so my wife and my wife's sister, my sister-in-law, a uh, laptop, and so wanted to get one for each of them because they were both in school and you know needed a laptop. So I remember there was a bundle at... I think it was Office Max over here in the US where you got a laptop, an HP laptop, an HP printer, and an HP digital camera that you could, it was all in one bundle on like a kind of a Christmas deal. So I remember after we, my wife and I got married, because I, I think that I had gotten rid of that, that Sony Cybershot at that point. So we had this little digital camera that came with her, her laptop bundle. And that's kind of what we had for a little while. And that, again, was just barely better than 
the Sony CyberShot camera. So that was another <laughs> terrible little digital camera. So, but we still had that film camera. My wife had her film camera for a while. So we would use that every once in a while, but we never really took it out or took it with us many places. But I mean, we'd have some pictures from it, but I'm not sure what the model was on that HP digital camera, but it was just a very basic camera, hardly had any settings on it. And it had a tiny little screen and it was a lot like the the cyber shot. But like I said, just a little bit better. But that's what we had then. Um, and then a few years into our marriage, maybe a couple, two or three, uh, I actually picked up a so- or Sony <laughs> a Kodak PlaySport camera. And I actually still have this camera. It is mainly for HD video. Think of around the time when that flip camera came out this was kind of uh their kodak's answer to that flip style hd video camera but this one is actually waterproof and built it's built like a little tank it's actually much more compact than that flip camera was but i think around the days when youtube was starting to come into its own and people were starting to post a lot of their own content these types of cameras were actually pretty uh, common and we're starting to become, you know, a, a commodity <laughs> as far as producing content. So I looked into getting one because uh, it does offer a six megapixel still camera on it as well. And it's actually not that bad. Uh, it's a little bit muddy. And, you know, if you if you do some pixel peeping, but the overall shot actually isn't too bad and the video isn't too bad either on that. So like I said, I still have it. I don't think I'll get rid of it just because it could come in handy at some point, you know, if they're for shooting longer videos or something, you know, if you want just sort of if I want some sort of a dedicated video camera to kind of maybe set up and just leave running somewhere, you know, if we're going to be going, you know, underwater even because like I said, it's waterproof. And I actually do remember taking this in a pool at one point. And yeah, it was perfectly good to go shooting video underwater. So you know, it's a, there's always that moment where you first <laughs> submerge it and, you know, wait for it to just fail. But it actually came out fine from the water. But the video on it is very shaky. There's no any there's no stabilization on it. I think it's mostly meant to be mounted to something uh, tripod or but doing anything sort of handheld with it. It actually isn't very, very good. Uh, and, and I noticed this pretty early when having the device. And so what I did was I actually made a little handle for it to kind of help with the handshake. And the handle that I made for it, and this can be used with any anything that mount any camera that mounts to a tripod, because basically what I did, and I saw this project online was I uh, got a, a rubber bicycle handle. Yeah, basically, you can go and buy replacement uh, rubber bicycle handles. Uh, I got ours, I think, at Walmart. It's like a Schwinn, <laughs> a Schwinn one, and you get a dowel that is based that will basically fit within that that rubber handle, and you cut it down to just below the height of the the actual rubber handle the edge, and then you uh, put the I don't know I can't remember what the screw size is for the mounting cameras but basically you get one of those uh, the correct screw and then you screw that into the top of the dowel uh, the cut down dowel and then you cut off that screw so it's just out you know 
hanging out of the top, hanging out the top. So it's just out off of the top edge of the of the dowel. Uh, basically, you know, it looks like uh, any sort of other screw mount. It only comes out a little bit from the dowel. Uh, so you can uh, mount stuff on there and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't go all the way into the whatever devices you're trying to mount. So then you put the dowel in the handle and basically you've got a little little mount handle or handle mount or whatever you want to call it. So it did help a little bit with the shake on the video. It wasn't amazing, but uh, it was, you know, a little bit helps. And it's a nice little thing to have around because like I said, anything that uses a, one of the a camera mount will will fit on this thing if you want to use it for anything else. So I uh, keep it around just in case. And yeah, it's just a uh, handy. So like I said, I still have that that Kodak PlaySport camera. Uh, I don't use it very much. I didn't use it very much when we, you know, when I, we first got it. I, I just <laughs> it was just the camera to have. So but basically, that's the I think that's the last dedicated camera that we bought, because really, at that point, uh, smartphone cameras uh, kind of became good enough for me. Uh, basically, my point and shoot these days is just a smartphone camera. <laughs> and really, I think that's kind of how most people are, you know, that, that having a dedicated camera is a little bit of overkill for what most people need it for. But yeah, that's basically the the history of dedicated cameras that I've owned. Not a like I said, not very exciting. Uh, my wife actually, like I said, she has a Canon film camera, nice one, and she's actually very good uh, at photography. She's taken some classes and uh, she's can get very artistic with that. But she doesn't do much by way of smartphone cameras. Uh, basically, it's uh, you know for collecting things to to remember more so than it is for taking you know artistic photos so i think there was kind of a gap when having this kodak play sport and when when smartphone cameras became good enough i think the when i when i really realized that smartphone cameras were going to be good enough for me is when i had the galaxy nexus and basically, I really enjoyed the the photos that that phone took, uh, the still photos. I mean, there was still some trouble with blur, you know, a lot of any sort of moving object was a little bit difficult, but any still, you know, still photos were were pretty, pretty good and pretty poppy and colorful. And I think that's kind of what Samsung has always gone for, because that was a Samsung Galaxy Nexus. So they definitely added a little extra pop to the processing. And that's that's kind of what they've always done. But yeah, at that point, that's when yeah, smartphones took over as my my main point and shoot cameras. And now I'm, you know, kind of on a steep learning curve ish with this work camera. But because I am, you know, such a, a geek in the phone world here, it uh, it's not, it hasn't been too bad to figure things out. I mean, people are constantly talking about aperture and and f-stop and and all these things when it in regards to to phone cameras, and so all of that obviously is translated from these uh, these big big censored cameras and DSLRs and stuff like that. So really enjoyed trying to when I actually have time to actually sit down and and learn some of the aspects of these of the DSLR camera for work. So luckily, I get to have it at home with me here and and, and try certain things out because 
we have a kind of a a big meeting coming up with uh, all the managers of our company come into the Chicagoland area and they go out and, you know, have a big meeting and event and stuff like that. So I get to go and take photos of that. And we're, we plan on doing uh, headshots this year. And so I've been looking into how to best use the aperture mode on this, uh, on our Canon camera to get a nice, you know, in focus subject with a blurred background kind of a thing. So I've been doing some testing here at home, trying to, to get all that sorted out and, you know, get all the lighting sorted out. We have some studio lights, a couple studio studio lights that we use at work for when I take product photos. And yeah, so all things considered, <laughs> we managed to, to get all the photos that we need and they all look pretty good. So hopefully all these headshots will come out pretty well and it will, yeah, it'll be good and just work out. But all right. So I think that's it for this week. Like I said, a little bit shorter than than usual uh, the last couple of weeks here, but that's just kind of what it is. It's hard to, to fill in the notes with up to 45 minutes of material. So but, you know, always just enjoy coming on here and talking a little bit about what's been going on in my tech week. So either way, if you want to visit me online at pixelswim.com, uh, you can find the show notes there, all the social links, any way you want to leave feedback there. Uh, It's always appreciated. This has been episode 66 of the Pixel Swim podcast. Uh, No significance there, but (laughs) we're still going. We're still putting them out. So yeah, thank you for tuning in. And I appreciate it as always. uh, Any feedback that you want to leave and everybody who's left, left feedback. So yeah, thanks for tuning in. Have a great afternoon or evening or movie night or date night or whatever it is, whatever time it is when you're listening to this. So thanks again and God speed.